how often in churches do we say to our congregants, hey, we need you to go and do fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right? And how often are someone like, oh, I can't wait to do that, yeah. right? Th- that doesn't happen very often, right? right? But, but when we allow people and say like, hey, when we walk people through a process of what, do you, what needs do you see in the community? Mm-hmm. What problems do, do you experience? And then, hey, the whole same Holy Spirit that's been given to me has been given to you. And, and the body of Christ, how can we work together to glorify Jesus's name and, mm-hmm. and walk through this and, and creatively respond to this problem? In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground podcast. So we talk about, uh, you know, in fresh, fresh expressions are, are very contextualized forms of church, right? So they're uh, they're very uh, sensitive and in tune with whatever their context is, right? Unlike uh, many of our inherited forms of church where we kind of rubber stamp um, a worship service that, you know, um, what it looks like and, and how we deliver the message or, you know, uh, what engagement with the people that are a part of it looks like. So what, um, you know, what would a what would it look like to lift Jesus up and say what's happening in uh, the pajama factory uh, versus you know what happens on Sunday morning? What are some of the nuances and the difference there based on that context? Because we're not assuming that everyone even has a Christian memory or a, a spiritual background. Yeah. So the pajama factory, uh, we you know we really went about that telling them that we were we were not going to do a message during that time. Uh, And that was because what we learned from talking with people that had previous uh, experience with churches that came into the pajama factory. And so during that time, it's all community focused where we do talent shows and, uh, and dance parties and, uh, and, and obviously we eat together and enjoy each other's company. Um, now from that, we're very clear about who we are and where we're from and mm-hmm. why we're doing it. Um, we share stories about hope. We share prayer requests. Um, but we, we simply don't offer like a, uh, we, we don't do a message. Like, uh, and I know a lot of, tr- uh, dinner church experiences do a message at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Now we, um, from that, we, we, we've created uh, what we call opt-in experiences. And so, we present opportunities for people to stay afterwards and, and, you know, uh, go deeper, or there's a Thursday Bible study, which is well attended with people from that community. Um, there's service projects. And to the point where we, uh, we were before COVID, we were going to start a worship experience on, uh, on Saturdays. Uh, but obviously COVID had, kind of put a halt on that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, right now, during during what's going on, uh, you know, we've been handing out meals, uh, but actually there's two individuals who are in wheelchairs who they've started their own ministry uh, for, as a result of this, where they come and pick up meals and they take it to the neighborhood. Um, oh. and, and so they're going around to the people that they know, their neighbors, and there's uh, that, oh, I know your family needs five meals. I, and so they'll take 30 meals around the neighborhood wow. and just they'll make multiple trips. They'll come back in, go back out. And, and they've, you know, um, 
And so they started that ministry. And then afterwards, we stick around for a 15, 20 minute devotional, um, invite people to come and join us. And that's been really fruitful as well. So just sharing in life, um, sharing that experience together has been a huge part as we kind of build those relationships, explore discipleship. And, you know, the Bible study is wonderful because it's truly people that have legitimate questions that have never read the Bible saying, mm-hmm. I've heard this, like, what does this mean? You know, or I was reading this, this is confusing. You know, I, I, I you know, that's, that's uh, pretty special to be able to be part of those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it brings you to the, I, I say a lot of times that when, um, when we started, when I started the dinner church that I started, you know, having read many, many um, stories of Jesus and, and stories that Jesus told, you know, hundreds of times, reading them in a different context with a different people was eye opening to me in so many ways. And so <clears throat> it really uh, brought to life the scripture in a whole new way for me as well. Um, that being said, what what kind of um, impact are you seeing now? Um, you said, how many years have you been at Williamsport doing this thing? Uh, so five. Uh, so actually, work five years. Okay. How, what kind of impact have you seen on the existing church as a result of 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 these fresh expressions of church? Yeah, the that's yeah, that's a great question. Um, the the it's been a journey with our entire church. I, I wouldn't, I would say probably it wasn't until about three and a half years in that we really started to feel a pivoting point. Mm. Um, because at the beginning it was, the questions are, what is this? Yeah. Why should we do it? You know, and, and there was, you know, people that were, would say, I don't like it. You know, um, you know, there were questions like getting people to really become familiar with it and not feel threatened that it was here to take away the entire existing church, which that's, you know, normally that's what people feel or they yeah. think um, the way uh, um, like in throughout church history, there's, there's been flagship ministries and the youth ministry was a flagship ministry for a number of years. And life groups was a flat where a flagship ministry and, and in many ways, fresh expressions is now becoming flagship ministries in in certain churches and and i believe will be that years to come um and and what that does is it makes other ministries perhaps feel um like they're less important or they're forgotten Mm -hmm. um and that's a natural that's a natural happening um and what we all we can do is just prove and that we're you know prove to them you know we still love them and, uh, and, you know, it's kind of like having your second child. When you have the first child, they're used to getting all the time, all the attention, all the care. Yeah. And then the second child comes. It doesn't mean you love the first child any less. Right. It just, it just means that second child needs more attention because they can't eat for them, eat, you know, eat themselves. And so that it's been a progression that way. But um, so to, to finally answer your question is the impact is that we're, we're to a place as a church where when there are different ministries, like going to the nursing home or going on the rugby field or doing something in a backyard, it's no, the questions aren't, um, uh, aren't, why would we do this? Uh, the questions are more helpful, like, oh, well, tell me more about it. Or in people stepping forward that you never would have thought, like people that have been part of the established church that 
that feel like they can finally step out and that they're not stepping into something that's totally strange. But it has been, it has been a, um, you know, a, a journey. It has been consistency. It's been, um, you know, just being honest throughout that process and being true to what God has called us to, um, to the point where now, you know, like we talk about, there's an ecosystem, like we're fine. We're seeing an ecosystem emerge at first church, um, that it's not, you know, that it's not just one giant tree of Sunday morning, but it's an entire forest of fresh expressions with a, la- a rather large tree of Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say you have, so you had your early adopters and now they've kind of, uh, in a sense, pioneered the territory. And, 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 and also, you know, somebody has to go first, right? <laughs> somebody has to go first. And some of those people have gone first. And by virtue of those people coming from your congregation, um, you're like, okay, that person did it and they didn't die. So, um, and somehow, and what I, what I've seen of what they've done, I think there might be something I could do as well. So there is a recognition, I think a growing recognition um, that you describe that, um, that God has given everyone in the church, the ability and the gifts and the, um, the affinities and the spheres of influence and, you know, all of those things. So it seems to me, um, that where you started in identifying people with the, um, as you say, bright eyes, shiny eyes, (laughs) shiny eyes, bright eyes, eyes that, um, the people's vision has been, um, corrected in, in a way that they're looking at the landscape of what's in front of them differently. And when you go to do something like, um, at a nursing home or whatever, that maybe people's eyes are, um, more apt to see a possibility for a fresh expression of church. Yeah. And and actually one of the things that's really cool is that our youth program, um, which, you know, has been, was largely programmatic um, in a very, in, in, in a wonderful way. I mean, uh, I mean, hear me saying that, that in a good, in a good sense, Um, you know, they got to the point where there's a leader that stepped forward and throughout this process and and, um, that said, Hey, I have connections at the middle school where they got to go in there, um, I believe it was once a week, and have lunch. And eighty some kids were showing up, wow. uh, and and it was every single week, I believe, um, to go and have pizza or and and really share and connect with it. And because because of this, so it was the ramifications or the impact of kind of this really started. We started seeing this again pre-COVID. I mean, school has been. Uh, put you know been put on hold in many ways and so uh where where even our our youth ministry um was really stepping out and moving in this and they they did it just a beautiful beautiful job with that ministry so good if there were if there was one thing um that a, a person you know a person's been hearing about fresh expressions um they they think that it's something that they want to do um what what would you tell them to do to start? Like, where should they start? Oh man, well, <laughs> I know that's a big question. That's a well. It I would say it depends on the context. Um, I would I would give the encouragement. You can't go alone. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and so 
there, oftentimes one of the things that that we share in this um, movement of fresh expressions is that we realize the inherited church has um, you know has missed on a number of levels, um, which is true. Um, uh, but but I would I would quickly say that that we need to learn how to partner and work with the inherited church. Don't give up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, to in order in order to uh, find bright eyes to invite people in. Um, so if you're if you're if you're brand new or if you're part of a church, you're like they'll never get this. I uh, I would just say don't don't give up on on that you know invite people into uh this beautiful vision of 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 seeing god at work through a a different perspective um it can be frustrating it can be difficult if you're a clergy you can be sitting there saying well none of my congregants want to do it Mm -hmm. i I would say don't not so fast (laughs) If, if you're a congregant that's saying my pastor will never get on board I, I would say the same thing. I'd say it's good. maybe not so fast, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, invite into this, um, learn to work together, you know, don't, don't divide. Um, so I would say don't go alone. And in the, and in the midst of that, don't give up on the inherited church. That's good. That's good. And, and I think one of the points that you made earlier that is um, always worth making again is that, in my experience, and I would I would venture to guess in yours as well, that um, there will likely never be a point where everybody's on board with this. Um, <laughs> there will be people that are all in. There will be people that'll be like, that's nice. Y'all go do that. We'll support you from afar. And then there will be people that are, you know, more or less opposed to what you're doing um, or or completely neutral. Uh, and And so you're never going to fix that. Um, that's just kind of the, the, the culture of, of change, I guess you could say. Um, but I think and important to recognize. So I, I know that you are, you're, you're studying for your master's and, um, and I know that I, you've made some great book re- recommendations in the past for me. I actually picked up Thinker Toys, which I, I love. I've, yeah, I've used some of the things out of there. Are you so excited? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> There's so much in there. That's I such know. a great book such a great book. But what what has really gotten your attention? What are you reading right now? Um, and then listening to podcasts. Do you listen to podcasts? Or are you listening to anything in particular? Um, I, so start with the book recommendations. Um, there's a really short book, small book. It's called Create Versus Copy. And so my master's is a, is a master's in creativity and innovation. Uh, and so it's through Drexel University, and I intentionally didn't go to a seminary because I wanted to learn about this topic and uh, the hopes, uh, the expectation to share it in the Christian realm. Um, because if you know, we believe in a God that created uh, the heavens and the earth, mm. uh, every square inch of creation, and so um, so I'm studying creativity uh, and innovation. And so Create Versus Copy by Ken Weitzma is a, a very small but rather rich book. He's, a, I believe, a pastor in California, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's a wonderful book. It's not, it won't take you more than an hour to read. Um, okay. And so, uh, so that's, 
that's a really good book uh, if you're kind of trying to uh, learn about, you know, what what does it mean for Christians to be creative? Um, where what is this mandate like? Uh, you know, so anyway, it's really really good. And podcast, um, you know, I, I I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, I'm trying to actually think about. Um, oh, I'm spacing on his name, so uh, so I would just I'll I'll leave that blank right now. Um, as as so um, I I do love Joby Martin. He's a pastor down in Florida, Church of Eleven Twenty Two. His sermons I think are always great, and so but okay, and so I just I love listening to him preach, and so I'll put that on. Okay, but Joby Martin's pretty pretty great. Um, so yeah. Okay, thank you. Gosh, Mitch. Um, I think we could probably talk for another hour at least, but I certainly appreciate all of your time so far. I do want to have you um, talk a little bit about, I don't know how much time you have left. How are you doing on time? I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you could share just a little bit about, I'm calling it Mitch's summer camp. Um, <laughs> and and you're, it's a creativity cohort that you started with, uh, with your church in, in Williamsport there. But I think it's really important um, for us to to recognize not only the uh, the ability to be creative and um, but the virtue of that in creating fresh expressions of church as well. Right. Uh, so talk a little bit about um, about the creativity cohort, what that looks like, and kind of you know what your hopes and dreams are for that. Sure. Yeah. The, so the creativity cohort, it's right now it's two months long and we are, it's a prototype. Um, as I'm encouraging people to prototype, we indeed are prototyping. So this is our first go of it. Um, and we are halfway through tomorrow night is our third session. And, and so the, the, the idea behind it is that when you normally learn about material, you go to a conference or you take a training um, it's very easy to get that individual learning, go back to your context, and nobody know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, so this is a direct response to that. That's one problem it's trying to solve. Um, and the second pr- uh, problem, or uh, that we're trying to solve with the creativity cohort, is that uh, is to create a creativity or creative deadline. Um, it's actually, uh, usually people think, oh, creativity, it's kind of ambiguous and it doesn't need any deadlines. I was going to um, say, those are like diametrically opposed, aren't they? Like creativity and deadlines? <laughs> no, actually, no, actually, interestingly enough, Heather, they're not. Okay. Uh, actually, creativity needs some, some push um, with it. And so the, uh, I learned about this and it really intrigued me. And mm-hmm. so this was my way of testing it out. Okay. Um, and so now the key is the key is Heather is that you don't want too tight of a structure. You don't want it to be rigid. You don't want the deadline to be you need this done by tomorrow. Right. But you also if you're asking people to be creative, you can't just leave it to chance. Um and I actually think that Fresh Expressions exemplified this uh uh wonderfully by in 10 days uh going from in-person trainers to offering online training, 10 yes, days. Yes, yes, there's a There's a deadline, something creative was, so the definition, the two words normally used with creativity is that creativity needs to be both novel and useful. And this, and so new and useful. 
And so, uh, and that's widely agreed and definitions of creativity vary uh, from place to place and culture to culture. Uh, but so, uh, so have, forming some sort of deadline of saying by the end of these two months, you and your team will have created something uh, ministry related that's solving and meeting a need in the, either our church or in the community. And so the idea is that you sign up, you learn about the theology of creativity and play, um, and you uh, are put onto a team uh, intentionally because we know that we need to collaborate in the pursuit of cre uh, creative work, um, or at least it's helpful in that regard. So did you assign the teams or they were I, they kind of, okay. I assigned the teams. And, and so you, uh, and it's really this two month process of learning about the theology, um, thinking and uh, agreeing on a problem as a team that you want to solve and then in thinking divergently so coming up with a lot of different ideas and then over over the course of the two months converging thinking convergently of like okay now we have all these ideas let's really come together what are we really doing mm -hmm. and by the end of the two months they will have uh, done something created something I don't know what it is yet I know the topics I know the areas. Tomorrow is convergent day, <laughs> um, but it's it's wow. a lot. How exciting! <laughs> I know it is. It's like Christmas or something. <laughs> it's brilliant. And so yes, and so it, we're having a wonderful time. It's a lot of fun. I made them line dance, Heather. It's oh my it's, god! It's a well. well you so everybody needs to know that Mitch had a swing dancing uh, fresh expression or something at some point, or maybe we just encouraged you to do that because you you swing dance. I do. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. So yeah. there was, there was something that we were talking about before I hit record and, um, and, and how you kind of envision these teams and basically giving them a particular project to do or problem to solve um, versus something very, you know, intrinsic versus extrinsic. Right. And, and the difference in the outcomes um, yeah. and the, in the interest really. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we one of we had we've had three really really big learnings because we said it's a prototype, and so three of the very big learnings one one of the three is that is that we need to really allow for the the team's intrinsic motivation or rather what they're naturally curious, what they're naturally interested in. We need to allow for that uh, to occur and for them to really take hold of it. Um, I went in and I, I actually originally came and gave them six specific things that they could think about. And I could tell, you know how I, you know how I could tell? I looked at their eyes, Heather. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you. Well, uh -huh. we, we had masks on, so I could only see their eyes. But, um, but like none of their eyes went, ooh, you know, like, oh, I'm interested. I said like, oh, what about this um, one tree movement? idea what about and, and I, you know people looking at me i was like none of these hit home mm. and so so the so you know i guess one of the ways to think about is how often in churches do we say to our congregants hey we need you to go and do fill in the blank mm -hmm. right and how often are someone like oh i can't wait to do that yeah. right that, that doesn't happen very often right, right? But but when we allow people and say like hey when we walk people through a process of what do you, what needs do you see in the community? Mm -hmm. What problems do do you experience? And then, hey, the whole same Holy Spirit that's been given to me has been given to you, and and the body of Christ. How can we work together 
to glorify Jesus's name and, mm-hmm. and walk through this and, and creatively respond to this problem. And so when, when I shed away those six options and I said, okay, that didn't work, mm-hmm. let's try again. You know, all of a sudden, well, one group, all three of them uh, are excited about like, hey, the problem we see is that there's not enough fun in our church. We don't know how to have fun together. Right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so they're working on it. Right. And then the second, they're all linked together with a desire uh, um, to meet spiritual men- and mental um, healing uh, in the community, they see this problem day in and day out, and they're part of it in different respective areas in the community. And now there's this team together where they're asking, well, how can we as a church really be intentional about meeting and responding to the to this need creatively? And so those are these two very broad categories that, again, we're going to be coming together and, and, and all right, well, let's let's figure out what are we really going to do? And admittedly, they actually are, they're going to create something by the end of two months, but they're actually going to be working on this for, they think, for the next year now. Mm-hmm. How brilliant is that? Awesome. Let's yeah. go. You know, and so I'm just I'm, I'm beyond excited um, to, you know, to put my to put my learning to, you know, into action and to, and to empower laity to yeah. go and serve and use their gifts yes. and and do it in a joyful way where we're uh, line dancing and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> sharing funny stories. And, and so, yeah, so that's a little bit about that experience, but, you know, admittedly we are not done yet. So the verdict is not in yet. Yeah. Well, I would say, yeah. And that's okay. Um, I would say, you know, first of all, you got this two months, right? So, okay. That feels like, you know, low investment. Like I, I can do anything for two months. I can try something. Um, I think it's funny. I just imagine the people like they sign up for a creativity cohort and then you basically tell them what they need to do. And they're like, wait a second, dude, this is not what I signed up for. You're going to wait. I thought this was creativity. Um, But then but then the the, the last thing being, you know, because it has come from them um, and that there is just a um, an investment there and a passion there um, to see it through that, um, you know, you're going to, that's going to go a lot farther than, than anything that you could have kind of prescriptively given them. That's right. And well, and that's backed up with research uh, for education in, in children, that when educators are able to tap into the intrinsic motivation, which uh, situated learning and how can we bring learning to life and yeah. uh you know it's 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 all backed up scientifically and from from research about this is how people learn best is when when they are able to be intrinsically motivated as well as affirmed and, and moved into it now and and the other thing to keep in mind is that you know we have this thing we you know we have a vision and how do we you know part of part of my role and ben who's helping me with this Part of my role in this is help guiding so it fits into the framework of uh, First Church. And so um, and so it doesn't necessarily go totally out in left field. Mm-hmm. So we can help be guides inside of this, ask helpful questions without being overly restrictive. Um, and so we're learning as we go, um, uh, but we're really excited about where we are right now. I think you said something really important, the asking questions um, that w- really kind of 
you know, I could bring that all the way back to um, discipleship and a fresh expression and exploring discipleship because it's much less about here's all the answers. It's much more about what are your questions and asking good questions as well to elicit those um, intrinsic motivations and learnings, uh-huh. right? So, uh, you know, it, it's not about just coming in and, and kind of just here, let me prescriptively give you all the answers, but instead, um, you know, sharing life and, and, and sharing our limitations and, and talking about what our big questions are and engaging that way to begin to explore discipleship together, which is really different from um, how we've been doing it for a, a long time, <laughs> a long time. Man, this has been so fun. I've really enjoyed hearing from you. I know that um, what you shared will be so helpful and so inspiring to others. So thank you so much, Mitch, for your time. And I can't wait to see what God does next through you. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's been fun. It has. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.